It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Now, from the WATH studios, here's Ross Christ. What's happening in Ohio? This is the Sports Fan presented by JNK Contracting. Full hour show with you up until 7 o'clock tonight. Kind of a slow day in the sports world, but still we're going to jump into things. Major League Baseball has a new home run king, Juan Soto. Did it last night in the home run derby, defeating Julio Rodriguez in the finals. Just days after declining the largest contract in Major League Baseball history. And, of course, tonight we have the All-Star Game, the NL going against the AL. If you're rooting for Cincinnati, you're rooting for the NL. They're going to need some luck because it's been all AL as of late. Will the NL pull through? And do these games even matter? Do you care? NASCAR announced today they're going to have a new race on the Chicago streets, and Carl is all over this one. He's going to tell me a little bit about if he likes it, he doesn't like it, and a little bit about the future of NASCAR. And finally, we will tell you our top games we've ever attended in person. Oh, I, I bet. I meant a top a, per, a person, or for me, that'd be a short list. I've done, like, I've watched, like, five games in person. All right, so he's TV. watched five games in person. I've I've. Narrowed it down to two, but it doesn't matter, Carl. We're going to listen to your games no matter what. Of course, we'll have sports fan trivia and surefire picks of the evening. Let's lead it off with sports fan trivia. I think you might know this one, Carl. I certainly don't. But with seven wins at the Daytona 500 Speedway, this man holds the record for most ever at Daytona. Who is he? If you know this one, Athens, Ohio, dial in. The phone lines are open 740 592 6646. That's 740 740- Five nine two six six four six, seven wins at Daytona, Mr. Carl Blaylock. You think you know this one? I definitely know this one. You definitely know this. I figured you'd be all over this one. Um, well, okay, maybe I made it too easy, but I, I guess you'd have to know NASCAR, and I certainly don't know my NASCAR. You, you are the NASCAR expert in this studio, but we'll get to NASCAR in a minute. Let's turn our attention back to the baseball last night. Uh, Soto just puts on a show out there. Defeating the youngster Rodriguez, the 21-year-old phenom, in the home run derby. We were texting a little bit through this, Carl, and you said, I think you said, this thing's rigged. You, you, thought, you thought the show was on for Pujols, but at the end, it was the half-billion-dollar man, Soto, uh, becoming the victor. Yeah, uh, well, part of it was, I, I did enjoy it, and, you know, we say uh, Rodriguez was young, but Soto was the second youngest uh, home run derby winner ever. I think only actually by a day, believe it or not. I believe that was a stat I saw. Only to somebody who won in 1993. Uh, believe it was a Gonzalez. I don't. I don't remember. I don't remember exactly who it was. But I, I remember it was a 1993 Griffey. winner. Might hmm? have been Griffey. No, it wasn't Griffey. No, it surprisingly. Wasn't Griffey. Okay. No, we thought it was him or Aaron Judge. But uh, according to CBS Sports, at least it was whoever won in 1993, which. I have that somewhere. I'll pull that up here. But, uh, yeah, no, it was it, – Rodriguez, it seems like every year we have – you obviously have the, the one guy who takes the crowd away and, like, it's incredible what he does. And then you have the guy who actually ends up winning. Uh, think back in 2019, you had uh, Vladdy Jr., Vlad Guerrero Jr., who uh, – you know, he, he, he stunned everybody. You know, he was incredible. He was the youngest player to ever be in the home run derby. Yet, he still lost to Pete Alonso. That's what happened with Rodriguez. Uh, there hadn't been very many 30 home run. Um, there hadn't been very many 30 home run rounds in the home run derby. Rod, especially since they changed the format. Yeah, Rodriguez changed that. I mean, Rodriguez, his first two rounds were both over 30, which was incredible. He hit 63 combined home runs in about eight minutes between the two rounds. That's stunning. Um, And then obviously he just kind of ran out of gas at the end. Uh, Soto kind of had a little bit of an easier 
uh, route to the final. Uh, he played. He was against Jose Ramirez, who uh, I'm sure you saw the Cleveland Guardians tweet, which is that was I why. I haven't. Inform <laughs> me. Well, he uh, Rodriguez or not Rodriguez. Um, Ramirez obviously struggled a little, little bit, and um, he struggled a little bit with hitting it out of the park. I think he only hit like 11 or 12 home runs, and uh, compared to Soto, who I think hit 15 in the first round, but it was pretty interesting to see Ramirez. I mean, Ramirez, he had some good shots, but they were all into the gaps. None of them went out of the park, <laughs> which... Uh, so the Guardian's Twitter account tweeted, well, that's why he leads the league in doubles. But Let me, uh, let me ask yeah. you this. Do you think Juan Soto winning this amidst all the trade talks and the big 15-year, $440 million contract he turned down, which would have been the largest ever in the history of baseball, do you think winning this gets him more money? Obviously, he gets a million dollars. I mean, from his yeah. contract standpoint. I don't think so. I mean, like, obviously winning the home run derby comes with a little bit of prestige, but it, it's not really, you know, it's not anything that he hasn't already gotten. Like, if I, I think the person, if it was more in the opportunity of Julio Rodriguez, who emerged onto the national stage last night, I mean, he's been obviously incredible so far this entire year, but now to a national audience, everyone got to see how good, Rodriguez is that's who will get the more money out of this Soto I mean yeah he can hit the home runs he won the home run derby but this this is stuff that you've already know this is already things that you are already taken into control when you're offering half a billion dollars to him so I I don't think that it's uh, I don't necessarily think that it adds any money to uh, to his you know I don't think it adds any money to him any value I mean, you already know his value. That's why he was offered the richest contract in MLB history, and it's why he turned it down, because he can get more money from bigger markets who actually give him a chance to win a World Series, another one. Yeah, I mean, we're going to see where he ends up. It'll be interesting to see at the trade deadline, because it looks like Washington has given up hope on extending their slugger. I can tell you, Carl, I've had the, I've had the pleasure... 2019 at Progressive Field, I was at the Home Run Derby, and I was thinking to myself, as my buddies and I walked into this game, is this going to be enjoyable? Like, I, I just didn't know what to expect, basically. And I was thinking, yeah, I'm with my friends, we're going to have a good time, it's a great, uh, it was great weather out, I'm getting to see a ballpark that I haven't really seen in a very long time, and oh my god, it was so much fun. It was absolutely non-stop fun. Every single time someone hits a home run, the whole entire crowd goes nuts. Oh, yeah. And it's basically it's basically everything, all the good parts of an offensive side of the ball game. So I absolutely couldn't say enough about it, but in terms of, I guess, your average baseball fan, do you think they care about the home run derby? Do you think baseball fans were tuning in last night? Oh, I, I think a lot more people are going to turn into the home run do derby than everything else. I mean, especially, uh, obviously, well, it used to be the home run derby was almost written off back in the early 90s because, you know, not that many people were interested in it. And then you had the home run boom with the steroid era with McGuire and Sosa where, you know, they obviously were mashing home runs. You have, I mean, long gone summer, great 30 for 30. I was talking about that. Uh, last night watching the home run derby with some of my friends. And, I mean, it, it, it's a great 30 for 30, and it really shows how, especially in nowadays baseball, I mean, everybody loves the home run. That's what everybody's going for. And so to that regard, yeah, I think a lot of people probably watch the home run derby for it. I mean, I can uh, – we'll see if I can pull up the home run derby uh, TV ratings. I don't know if they have that out yet. But, I mean, I – I personally think that uh, you'd see a lot more people for it just because you have a lot of um, you have a lot of home runs and obviously it's a lot of fun and you get to see especially I, I, I would say if it was if it wasn't for the time format 
because if it uh, if it was just you know everybody hitting like what it used to be pre 2015, then I I I I do see where it would be a little bit, you know, it'd be just baseball fans only. But with the time advantage as well, it, it creates. It, I I love the home run derby with the time. It, it puts a little bit of urgency in it and. It gives you some incredible moments. There, yeah, there's definitely some uh, strategy that goes into it too. You should read this great article I saw the uh, last week on uh, a couple days ago on ESPN, where they were talking about how they pick their coaches, and I believe Juan Soto picked a uh, former former coach at in the um, Nationals organization, no longer with them. But how they really uh, strategize this thing. Uh, Pete Alonso was saying. When he's going for his three-peat, which he didn't win this year, he tries to chug a ton of water before the competition because he doesn't realize how I, many people don't realize how thirsty you get out there and how important it is to uh, pick the right person throwing you the ball. So there is a bit of strategy. The guys definitely care about it. And, of course, why wouldn't they? They become uh, they get a million dollars after they win it. So everyone would pay attention to that. Let's listen in last night as Soto won the Home Run Derby. I think he did it. I think he went to 19. I really believe. If not, this is 20, as a matter of fact. He keeps going. He's down on the knee. He's got it. Bat is flipped sky high. And Juan Soto is your 2022 Home Run Derby champion. And he wanted to be darn sure of it. It stays in the National League East. The Nationals celebrating with Juan Soto here at Dodgers. Stays in the NL East. Let's actually hear Mr. Soto uh, right after he edged Julio Rodriguez to win the 2022 Home Run Derby. Sports Center on the road, presented by Rocket Mortgage. Juan Soto joins Eduardo Perez and me, Carl Ravich. There was a couple of bat flips tonight. How important is winning Juan the Home Run Derby to you? <laughs> it feels amazing. I mean, I never think about it uh, in that way. I just see. The home run derby as a, as a team that I just gonna try to have fun and enjoy the moment and at the end of the day I just came out with a trophy <laughs> and you were having a lot of fun during this derby but there came a time and you said okay I could win this thing when was that moment where you were like okay I need to turn it on when, well when I take time out in the finals and I see I have 10 homers and I have one minute and 30 seconds left to hit nine homers I say well I'm going to put in a word because I, I have a chance to win it. You know, Kyle Schwarber seems to have an approach. I saw a story where he had like 10 things that he likes to check off. And he, how do you approach a home run derby? Because you hit it all over the ballpark. You seem to get stronger later. Take a look at some of your home runs. But how do you approach it? I just see and hit it. <laughs> <laughs> I just try to figure out the stuff with my swing, with my with my energy. Yeah. Uh, whenever my, my body starts feeling a little bit off. I just try to figure out my swing. Are there peaks and valleys? Do you feel tired? Do you then yeah. feel energized? Yeah, definitely. I mean, through it, you see I fall, and then, and then <laughs> I was already done. So my swing, I have to change a little bit of my swings to square up balls. Because uh, at the end of the day, I just have to square up, and I know it's going to be far. We talk about baseball being a game of adjustments. You talked about your swing. You had to make that adjustment. What were they, especially when you were so exhausted that you were able to think about it? I mean, for me, just, <laughs> I just try to think about, uh, don't think too much about it. We just try to square up balls, square up everywhere I see it. If it's away, just go with it. Don't try to pull it and put it on my way. Which just go everywhere. Which gave you that spray chart everywhere. All right, so you have a trophy and you have that <laughs> around your neck. How does that feel? What is that necklace like? <laughs> it feels really heavy. <laughs> <laughs> but it feels pretty good. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a lot of players that want to have it around their necks. And... Feels amazing, and not that many has it. Juan Soto there after winning the home run derby. Let's see how he does in contract talks. It seems like he's going to get shipped out. Who? Any idea where you think he might go before the trade deadline? Uh, uh if I had to guess, I the Mets, the Mets have the money for it, but I can't see the Nationals trading uh, interdivision yeah. for it. So I would probably go with the Dodgers, the Yankees, or the Astros. Usual suspects there. Yeah. 8 o'clock tonight, first pitch in the Major League All-Star game. NL's favored in this one. However, Carl, they shouldn't be favored, should they? 
Wow, I think I know what my uh, I think one one of our surefire hot picks gonna is going to be go, guaranteed. I'm going to let you go with <laughs> baseball tonight, but Clayton that Kershaw is. gets to start in front of his home hometown crowd. There, it's at Dodger Stadium, and still get a tick for this one for 175 bucks. Going against the lefty from down in Tampa, Shane McCallahan. Um, I guess I mean, what are you looking for in this All Star game? Uh, I think it'll be pretty cool to see uh, Kershaw pitch. I, I can't think of the last time where we had uh, a home pitcher win, or, or you know, a home a home team pitcher pitch in the All Star game starting. So I, I think that's going to be pretty cool. Um, it'll be interesting to see Otani again. That's what I'm looking for. That's, I want to see if Otani will get the chance to have the chance to pitch and hit because he is the starting DH tonight. Uh, batting in the one spot for the AL, but he also got in as a pitcher. So I think a lot of times in these situations, it comes down to the manager of the player's team. So, like, you know, the Angels manager will call in to um, the AL's manager and say, hey, please, like, you know, only, like, three pitches here. We, like, need this guy. Do me a professional favor. But yeah. I think you have to let him do both, right? You have to. I, I think that's part of the reason why he's uh, batting uh, in the number one spot. Oh, good call. Is he'll he'll hit first. They'll probably keep him in till you know, they'll keep him in, have him bat again, and then after he bats again, they'll have him pitch, and then they'll take him out of the game. I think that's what will happen. Well, you're a Cincy fan, Carl, so I'm going to say your heart is on the NL side of things. But as you know, it's been all AL as of late. You have to go back, I believe, seven years' time. Um, yeah, 20, 2012, excuse me. You're going to have to go but 10 years' time since the National League has won, of course, with the 2020 game being canceled because of the COVID complications. So do you think at all you're giving your National League a little bit of hope tonight? I, I think so, yeah. I okay. mean... Hopefully it'll uh, actually be. I mean, we've we've had a lot of close All Star games. Come to think of it, lately I'm really hoping for. Uh, we talked about it yesterday. That uh, I'm really hoping for that tiebreaker. Yeah, that would be awesome. Going down to a home run derby, um, which will be totally cool, and it would be a great way for uh, a game that really doesn't mean much to start to mean something. Um, Prediction, MVP. You gonna throw out a name out there? Um, I, I I'd say the American League wins. I don't really, I'm not really sure if I can I'll, really look at. I'll go with an MVP. That. I'm gonna say I'll stick with Mr. Soto. I'll think Soto could you know come out and keep barreling down the ball, knock a few out of there. Who knows? But first pitch tonight at eight o'clock. NL's favorite in this one. You can watch this one on Fox. All right, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, you want to do best games or you want to jump into NASCAR? What are we uh, let, let's, let's, go, let's go best games. All right, we're going to chat about some of the best games we've ever seen or ever been to. Don't forget our sports fan trivia. We want to hear from you. You could be the smartest woman or man in southeastern Ohio. 740-592-6646. This man has won the Daytona 500 seven times. Winning it the most amount of times. Who is he? 740-592-6646. When we come back, it is Carl and Ross's best games. Stay informed about the stock market from Goldsberry Wealth Strategies. Weekdays at 530 on 970 97.1 FM, WATH. The report follows the news. Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Goldsberry Wealth Strategies is not a broker-dealer and is independent of RJFS. After I got out of the Marine Corps, coming back home, it was just a mental breakdown for me. I was on the verge of giving up. That chapter, that season in my life was over. Now what? Who was I? That's what I kept asking myself. The pressure to have it all together, to heal, to quiet down the monsters inside, it was too much. I lost it. I had heard about the Wounded Warrior Project. I had seen the logo and that visual of a warrior carrying another warrior. The programs that the Wounded Warrior Project offers, it's not just the veteran themselves, it's, it's their whole family who brings it all together. We have scars that we carry, and just because the scars are there doesn't mean that we're any less than what we were. 
Right now, I am the best version that I ever have been of myself. I can embrace the brokenness. You wouldn't go into battle alone. You don't have to fight this alone. Visit woundedwarriorproject.org slash not alone. This is the Sports Fan on 970 WATH. Hit it. It takes two. Ross and Carl here in the WATH studios. It's a sports fan presented by JNK Contracting. And we're going to go over uh, the best moments that we've ever witnessed, whether in person, on TV, live. Now, for me, one moment that I will never, ever get back, and this is one of my biggest regrets in my life, uh, back in 2016, you had obviously the World Series between Cleveland and the Cubs. And, I mean, it, it was an incredible World Series. I watched most of the games. We get to Game 7, uh, you know, obviously pretty excited for Game 7. Chicago jumps out to, I believe it was a 6-3, 6-2, 6-3 6-3 uh, going into the 8th inning. The Cubs put in a role as Chapman, and I called it. I'm sitting there. I see Chapman going in. It's the 8th inning. I'm a little tired, and I said, you know what? It's over. It's over. Cleveland's going to lose. Chicago's got this in the bag. I go to bed. This is the top of the eighth inning. If I would have stayed up ten more minutes, I would have gotten to see the Rajay Davis home run. And I probably would have stayed up all the way through the rain delay and watched what, what is quite possibly one of the... Personally, I'm of the opinion the 2016... World Series is one of the, if not the, greatest World Series in the 21st century. And I would say that Game 7 is probably one of the best World Series games of all time. Of all time, I think. I think that's a fair assumption. Would you agree, Ross? A lot of storylines going into that one. Exactly. I mean, the 100-year-old curse. curse. The curse I of mean, the Billy that, Goat. That is... That's something that I think that we'll never, we'll never see again in our lifetime. No, I mean that that was because there aren't any other uh, century-long droughts for championships and teams because most teams aren't even a century old. No, and I mean a, a lot of the, and I mean the the big thing with that series was the fact I think that was the most anticipated World Series, the most talked about World Series that I've had in my at least in my life. That's the most talked about World Series ever. I mean, that's, that's one that, that, that was one of the special World Series. That's one that we're not going to have for a long time. Because for eight days in October, once again, baseball was the talk of everybody. It didn't matter. I mean, you had the election. You know, game six was the same night as the election, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah, you had the election and that was whatever. But you had baseball, too. And baseball was a great distraction from the election. Hey, and then you had just everybody was talking about baseball because that was a once-in-a-lifetime series. And I went to bed in the eighth inning and missed the best game of the series. Lesson I, learned. Well, yeah, I did learn the lesson. I stayed the next year. They went to game seven as well with the Astros over the Dodgers. And I stayed up for the entire Game 7, and that one was a dud. That one was such a dud. But I'm sitting there staying up. I remember sitting there at the end of the game. The Astros win the World Series, and I'm just sitting there like, I stayed up for this? Ugh, this sucks. <laughs> but, I mean, that, it, that's going to, to my deathbed, I'm going to regret going to bed that early that night. It still haunts them. 2016. Cubbies, now the Guardians. Cubbies getting it done. Reversing over a 100-year-old curse. I felt so bad when the Cubs fan, was it 1988? Bartman. Bartman in, Bartman. in 2003. 2003 caught that from Moises Alou's glove. Moises Alou. And he had to be escorted out of the stadium. I'm sure there was no man happier on earth to see the Cubbies reverse that curse. But 
Yeah, that's a very good one, Carl. I, I misunderstood you this morning, so I went with you know, two, two games that are close to my heart, two games that I've seen uh, that I thought were just awesome endings. And I'll take you back to a time when I was a young whippersnapper, even younger than you, Carl, a freshman, green-eared at Ohio University back in 2015. September 9th, 2000, I'm sorry, 2005, excuse me, not 2015. I was going to say, wish. whoa. I, I wish. <laughs> I absolutely wish. But I have been on campus now for, I think, a couple weeks because I think I could be wrong, but I think you come down a little bit earlier as a freshman. Maybe that was a misunderstanding. But I was down here. It was the first college football game that I went to or the school I attended. Both my dad and my grandpa came down to watch, although they didn't sit with me in the student section. And I just moved here from Pittsburgh. Okay, so I actually had a few friends that were on the University of Pittsburgh Panthers team. Mm -hmm. um, John Pelusi, the backup tight end, was on the team. His father actually was the starting center for Dan Marito in 76 when they won the national title. But it was a great game, and I, I grew up being a pit fan, but now I went to OU, so now I'm all green and white, and that's all I've been since. I still got love for both teams, but when they play, it's all OU. And, and to paint the picture, I believe this was Solich's first year as well, coming in and coming over from Nebraska. I could be yeah, wrong that, on that. Yeah, that sounds right. I think he got fired in 2004. Yes, and also, I mean, it depends who you ask, but this was one of the biggest non-conference games at Ohio University ever scheduled to that point. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, we were talking, uh, going back to last year, when we played Syracuse at Peden. I mean, we were talking about, oh, we're going to beat them, and if we beat them, we're going to rush the field like you saw against Pitt and everything. Obviously, that didn't work out, but uh, it was, still, I mean, it was incredible. It was an amazing game. It was back and forth, and then it went into overtime, and a man named Dion Byram single-handedly did what he did to give Ohio quite possibly its biggest win in the history of their program. Let's have a quick listen in to the final couple minutes here of the game. Uh, one other thing, they had, and Pitt had a great uh, NFL caliber quarterback under center um, in, oh, he's from West Allegheny. What was his name? escaping me right now Tyler Palco Tyler Palco who played a couple years in Kansas City for the Chiefs but I mean this was um, a big quarterback a big school and a huge win for those Bobcats second down of the 25 Kirkley off the left side again he gets through the hole and then he gets drilled in the secondary at the 19-yard line, tackle made by Hartke. We haven't had a single point scored by either offense. It's all been defense and special teams. And right now, Pitt has a big advantage in special teams in terms of the reliabilities of their kickers. And so right now, if you're, if you're Ohio, you've got to make sure that you do not allow a short field goal here. Third down and four. Quick drop, Palco, and it's intercepted. Once again, Dion Byron, who picked off a pass and ran a back pass for earlier, and he's going to win the game for Ohio. Touchdown, Bobcats! I think the funniest thing about that clip is everybody jumping off onto the field. And, oh, that, that, that's Ditka, isn't no, it? No, that's Dave Wanstatt, former Chicago Bears head coach, head coach down there in Miami. He came back to Pitt, um, which I believe was his alma mater. He does kind of look like Ditka. But yeah. Dave Wani was a, um, you know, a, a decent NFL coach and a decent coach for Pitt as well before heading up to the broadcast booth. But I was out there. I rushed the field. Um, I rushed the field. It was an amazing, an amazing feeling. I absolutely loved it. Uh, one of the biggest, biggest wins for the Ohio Bobcats. Okay, we're going to go to the phone lines right now. 16 to 10. Who are you speaking with? We're on this, you're on the sports fan. Hello. I think the call dropped. 
And the call dropped. Everyone's hanging up on us. Carl. I, okay. I so do have to say, I do have to say, yeah. my favorite thing about wat watching the videos of that, my favorite thing about that entire video is there's, there's a few people when they're trying to jump out of the stands, they eat it. They yeah. fall face foot out of the stands. It, was it back? Was it back? Back then was the student section on the other side. It of was the on stand. the other side, so it was on the press box side, not like how it is now, where it's on the east side, closer to the field house. So, right. for me, my, uh, I'm trying to think what one of the top moments that I remember uh, watching on TV is probably Scooter Jeanette's four home run game. I didn't watch the entire game. But I was, my dad was watching it downstairs. I was keeping an eye on it. And it, it, it was June 6th, 2017. And that, that day is going to be etched in my memory because it was, or maybe it was 2018. Oh, maybe, oh, watch me forget about it. But um, it was incredible. Uh, I mean, my dad was watching it downstairs. And to this point, Scooter Jeanette, uh, he should have been starting. It was 2017. It was correct. Uh, that's what I thought. To this point, he wasn't starting. I really wanted him to start over, I believe it was Jose Peraza at that point, who was starting at second base for the Reds. And I really wanted, I really wanted Jeanette to start over Peraza because every single time we put him in the lineup, he did something. And so he was in the lineup against the Cardinals. And, you know, he hits a home run. I was busy at the beginning of the game. I didn't catch the first home run or the second home run. I remember going down and seeing, oh, he hit a third home run. That's pretty cool. And so by the time he gets back around again, you know, I'm doing something upstairs. But, you know, I run downstairs, and I'm sitting there watching it with my dad when he's gone at, at bat. You know, we're just sitting there. He gets to a one-two count, I believe. And I'm sitting there like, there's no way he's going to do it, right? He hits it out to right field. And I remember just, it, it just, it was, it was a liner. But it was one of those Cincinnati home runs where the humidity and everything, it just helped it carry and carry and carry. And it went about four rows deep into the right field stands. And it was, it was incredible. I mean, that's probably my favorite Reds moment I've ever seen in my life. I mean, as sad as it is to say, you know, it's just a four home run game. But, I mean, it, it was incredible. And, I mean, that's something I'm going to cherish till the day I die. I mean, Scooter Jeanette, even though he was only on the Reds for what? two, three seasons, like he is by far my, one of my favorite Reds players of all time. You know, he's not the best Reds player I'm ever going to watch in my lifetime, but he's one of those players, you know, I'm sure you had, you know, a Pittsburgh Pirate guy growing up where, you know, you had a guy who only played for a season or two for your team, but you absolutely loved, and it was one of your favorite core memories of, you know, seeing that guy play. For me, that's Scooter Jeanette for the Reds. Scooter Jeanette, I think free agent now by just looking at his Wikipedia. Yeah, I, I, he kind of, he, we traded him to the Giants back in 2018, and he, he just wasn't the same outside of Cincinnati. Yeah, injuries set back his career, but Scooter Jeanette, Carl's big game moments, four home runs in a Cincinnati Reds uniform. That year he made the All-Star game, one of 17 players to have a four home run game. All right, we're going to switch it back over to me. I grew up in Pittsburgh. I'm admittedly a, a bit of a black and gold fan, but I do like watching all teams, so don't turn off your dial now. I know all you Bengals and Browns fans out there. Um, <laughs> but it's 2016. I flew back from Dubai for Christmas to see my family, and we opened, we opened presents Christmas morning, as we do in the Chris household. And one of my best friends... Uh, for actually from OU who lives in Pittsburgh said he had an extra ticket for the night game which was played on Christmas Day and this was a big game for the Pittsburgh Steelers because if they were to win this game they would clinch the AFC North and boy it was a fantastic game I got to sit right close to the action um, right in the end zone a couple rows up and it all looked like it was going to Baltimore with a minute 26 left thanks to uh some Ravens magic, but there at the end of the game, Ben pulled it off, and I was going absolutely bonkers. Let's have a listen in. 
They will run. Juszczyk inside has the first down still going. Kyle Juszczyk stays on his feet and scores! Wow, what a run. And once he comes off the collision with Mitchell, he realizes if I stay up, I'm in. Uses the hand to help himself and get into the end zone. James Hurst, 74, made an initial block to start this run. Here he kept his knees off the ground. Brown wants to find right to stay up there. His pressure hasn't got there from the safety spot yet. Roethlisberger throws. It's complete. Second and one. Ravens pressure. Roethlisberger escapes. The crosser is Eli Rogers. Great job by Rogers and a great extension to make that catch. Roethlisberger looks. Crosser. Brown. He caught it. Fights to the goal line. Breaks the plane. Touchdown, Pittsburgh. That might win them the division. The immaculate extension, I think they call that, right? Yes, I'll never forget it. I was with my friend Dan Hendricks. We were sitting in the end zone. And Antonio Brown had one of those Antonio Brown-type plays where he just doesn't blink. He goes into traffic. There's three men on him. He gets stopped initially at the two-yard line, sticks his hand out, makes it over the end zone, and boom. The Pittsburgh Steelers clinched the AFC North in dramatic fashion which capped off an amazing holiday for myself visiting my family. But great, great game. All right, Carl, over to you, bud. That's all I got. Well, for got me, I have, I mean, I have gone to it. Now that I think about it, I mean, I have gone to a few pretty cool games. Uh, none, of them, none of them were really, like, you know, incredible. Well, they were incredible games, but not ones that I'll look at too fondly. Uh, the FCC game I went to a few weeks ago was awesome, but, you know, it, it was tainted because the refs kind of sucked and cheated FC Cincinnati out of it. Well, in my opinion, as somebody who is not at all, you know, not at all thinking about stuff like that. But nonetheless, you have, um, for me, and then you have the, I went to Colts Ravens Monday Night Football game last year. Uh, me and uh, Cedric Granger, uh, who's on here once in a while, he's going to do play-by-play for us. Uh, this fall yeah, for had, the Athens we've had games. Cedric on the show. Oh, yeah. He, uh, big Ravens fan, obviously, Cedric is. And so uh, for a birthday present, I bought tickets. Uh, we drove over to Baltimore, which was, oh, my goodness, that was a bit of a mistake. We drove there. I mean, it, it was a college road trip. Uh, I kind of overestimated how long the drive would be back. We didn't get back here. We drove straight overnight. We didn't get back here till like, 8 a.m. Tuesday morning. But... The game was incredible. Uh, we're up 22 to three. The Colts are uh, late in the third quarter, and I remember there was one optimistic person in our entire section, and that was Cedric. Not me. Not the not not the fan of the team that was up 19. There were a few other Colts fans in our section in our row as well, and we're all sitting there going like, "All right, how are we going to blow this? How are we going to blow this?" Cedric's sitting there like, go team, go team. And all the other Ravens fans are sitting there like, I wonder if I'll beat traffic if I leave now. And then they came back. And the thing that I remember most about that game is the fact that the, our kicker was hurt. And so um, it just sucked to have our kicker hurt. And he had like three different opportunities to make a game-winning field goal. One of them got blocked. Another one, he missed wide right because he was injured. And I, and then we lost the coin flip. Uh, from the moment that the Colts lost the coin flip, I, I don't think my face moved because I, ju I just sat there, cross-armed, just I almost like pouting watching the end of it. I mean, it was, it, that, was that was a little bit rough, and I, I just I couldn't believe it that we blew that game. Another, another, not not quite so joyful memory. I'll try to think of one more joyful memory uh, for it. But one other memory I remember of sports. One of the few times I've cried because of a sporting event. Uh, <laughs> back in Super Bowl forty-four, you got little little eight-year-old Carl watching his childhood hero Peyton Manning trying to win another Super Bowl. Would have been his uh, second in four years, and you know. We're just sitting there watching the Saints play. My mom went to Purdue, so she's kind of rooting for New Orleans. And you know how this goes. Three minutes to go. Colts are driving about the 35-yard line. 
Tracy Porter reads Peyton Manning's eyes, jumps the slant route, picks it off, has nobody, nobody's around him. He runs it all the way to the end zone for a touchdown. I bawled. I bawled. I don't think I quit crying the rest of that night. I cried so much, Ross. I didn't go to school the next day because I cried myself sick because the Colts lost. It was, it was, that was rough. But I, I, one other, one other, uh, one other incredible event that I uh, watched on TV, and this was the reason why I went to the Indy 500 this year. Helio Castroneves winning his fourth Indianapolis 500 is one of the greatest things I've ever seen on TV because you see, you see him win. You see the celebration of everybody. And then for the next 20 minutes, NBC kept the cameras rolling. All you see is just Helio Castroneves running back and forth across the front stretch. Uh, celebrating, climbing the fence, hugging every single person he sees. It, it was an incredible moment. One, one of my favorite uh, things to ever watch all time. There you heard some of our favorite sporting moments. Get in touch with us, 740-592-6646. Also, if you think you know sports fan trivia, with seven wins at Daytona Speedway, this man holds the record for the most ever wins at the Daytona 500. When we come back, we're going to turn our attention to NASCAR as they have announced a new street race. I'm Brad Keselowski, driver of the number two discount tire Ford Mustang. Have you ever been in a hurry to get somewhere? When ding, your tire pressure light comes on? Properly inflated tires are essential to the health of your car and can help keep you driving safely. Check your tire pressures every month, especially before long road trips, or stop by your neighborhood tire retailer for help. A message from the U.S. Tire Manufacturers Association. Hi, I'm Kim. And this is Ruth. Please join us every Wednesday morning on 970 WATH to make it happen. It's the Kim and Ruth Show. Well, it's, not it's not the Kim and Ruth Show. It's really... <laughs> Tune in to Make It Happen with Kim and Ruth every Wednesday morning at 10.06. And we'll spend time talking about health and wellness topics in all aspects of healthy living. But we know that you're the real expert in your health, so let us help you make it happen Wednesday morning at 9.70 WATH to make it happen. Live and local, the sports fan on 9.70 WATH. Are you ready for it? Some big news coming out of NASCAR today. As they're celebrating their 75th season, they're going to be having an unprecedented street race through downtown Chicago. And what would be another radical change to the NASCAR schedule? The Cup Series race against the backdrop of Lake Michigan and Grant Park will debut on July 2nd in a three-year deal with the city of Chicago. This venture was spearheaded by Bill Kennedy, the 30-year-old great-grandson of NASCAR founder Bill France. So, I'm going to throw it over to you, Carl. Like it or love it? Street race in Chicago. No, I don't like it or love it. I, I'm not a big fan of it. I, I'm going to be honest, Why? and I'm going to give three reasons for it. Number one, uh, the race they got rid of it for. Road America is now off the schedule. Road America, you had great storylines both times you went to Road America. So many people from Wisconsin went there because they've been asking for a cup race for years. I don't think they, I mean, Wisconsin hadn't had a cup race since, like, I don't even know, maybe the early 1970s, if not before. I mean, he, uh, it, it, they showed up in droves. It was some of the highest attendance numbers on the NASCAR circuit. And yet you didn't really, he, he, they just kind of brushed it aside. For a new thing instead, you know, and this is something, this is another point with it is the fact that it, it, NASCAR, the last few years, they've done a little bit better about stopping chasing the imaginary fan. You know, the imaginary casual fan of NASCAR. There is no casual fan of NASCAR. Ross, you're going to flip through, if, you, if you're flipping through channels and you see NASCAR on I'm TV, different. would you watch it? I'm, I'm different. I, I would tune in for a couple laps, but I'm not going to watch it from, I am I would say I am exactly what you said, but I am still a minimalist at this sport. But I think I'm different just because I'm obsessed with sports. That, that's fair. I mean, you're not going to see, but that, that's my point. Like, you're, you're not going to, even even with you, like, you're just going to flip on a few relapse if it doesn't interest you. 
Right. You're not going to keep it on. Like Daytona 500. Yeah. That, that's where I'm at. You know, like that's where I'm there. Exactly. Like there is no casual fan of NASCAR. You know, we, we had they had this big boon back in 2005, you know, 2006. I mean, I think they had like 14 million people watch the Daytona 500 before the Winter Olympics. I mean, yeah, you, you see you see big numbers there back in 2006, but a lot of cha has changed since 2006, and it's not at all the same series. We need to quit chasing after the imaginary fan while kind of, you know, making a lot of the other fans mad. Like, you know, obviously Elkhart Lake's about two, three hours from Chicago, but say you're 20 minutes away from Elkhart Lake and, you know, where Road America's at, the old race that is, this is replacing, you know, are you, are you willing to make that drive down? Are you willing to make a three-hour drive down to Chicago? to watch on an unproven track. And that's the third point of this is I don't like this track they're running at. It, it's basically, it is two squares with little bits of a cutout. That's, that's the entirety of the circuit. Uh, it's, it's not very original. And, I, it, I, and it seems a little bit narrow to me. It doesn't look like it's that wide of a course. And obviously, it being a street circuit, and I like I, I I'm okay with this. I'm okay with them trying out a street circuit, and Chicago is an interesting market to try it at. And I'll give them props for that. I'm not saying that I'm not saying that the idea itself is bad, but I don't like the way they went about doing it. I I feel like. It, 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 one of the key things in that news release they said is there's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of you know high quality seating like like um, like F1 races where you have a lot of you know oh, I'm I, I'm blanking on the word I'm looking for but bougie seats pretty much you know like really really sweet stuff Latin like that seats. first class seats yes exactly. And to, to me, like, that's not what you're looking for when you're going to NASCAR. And I, I'm really questioning how many people are going to want to go to downtown Chicago to go to a race as well. So we'll see what happens. I, I, think, I think they could have chose a better, a better place for it. I think that, you know, maybe if they reworked the Nashville street circuit, IndyCar, IndyCar did Nashville a few years or last year. I mean, maybe try that. I mean, Nashville would love to have another NASCAR race. They already support the one that's 40 minutes away so well. So I, I'm sure that there could, they could find better places to do this in Chicago. I feel like they could have had better tracks than, you know, a better track than what they have on this one. But that's just my two cents on it. Our man Carl Blaylock doesn't like it. However, NASCAR is going through with it. They're going to be having a street race in Chicago starting 2023 for its first ever type of race out on the streets and it will last for at least three years. All right. We're getting towards the business end of the show, and it's time for you to get out your gambling apps because Carl and I are going to give us your surefire hot picks of the evening, and I am absolutely on fire right now with picking winners. Athens County cares about you. I'm Micah. Join me Tuesdays and Fridays at 10.06 on Classic Hits 970 AM and 971 FM WATH for discussions about essential information for seniors, such as nutrition, caregiving, mental health, Medicare, and all other relevant topics for seniors in Athens County and the surrounding areas. Athens County Cares, a project of United Seniors of Athens County, Tuesdays and Fridays at 10.06 a.m. on WATH. Hi, I'm your host, Smokey Cole Bear. Filling in for Smokey, because after 75 years of... Only you can prevent wildfires. Turns out there's much more to say. Nearly 90% of wildfires are caused by us humans being careless, dumping our used barbecue coals willy-nilly. Guess the song was wrong. We did start the fire. That's why I respect Mother Nature and her trees, whether coniferous or new car scented. 
brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. Now, for more of the Sports Fan on 970 WATH. Sports fan Ross and Carl with you for the next two minutes. It's time for our surefire hot picks of the evening. I'm going to start things off, and I'm going to head to the WNBA, something I have not gambled on yet, because at 10 o'clock, I'm sorry, 10.30 tonight on the CBS Sports Network, it's the fever taking on the L.A. Sparks, and I'm going to tell you that I think the Sparks will get it done thanks to their very own Neku Uguamike, who will lead the Sparks to victory tonight. I have been on fire. Take that one to the bank. The Sparks get it done. Over to you, Carl. Agumba Walleye? Great, great work. I think that's it. That she... some, and I will tell you her connection to Ohio University. She went to college where? Remember Notre this? Dame. No, I think she was a Stanford grad. Oh, maybe. Okay, I might be thinking of somebody else. She was, she was coached by Tara Vanderveer, the accomplished head coach of women's basketball at University of Stanford. Tara's sister, Beth Vanderveer. Beth Vanderveer, one of the lead professors in recreation and sport pedagogy at Ohio University. Huh. Over to you, Carl. Nice. Uh, I'm going to go with the – I'm going to go with two for, for tonight uh, with the MLB All-Star Game. Parlay this. The American League is going to continue their streak. Go money line on the American League. And it's going to be over the 7.5, over-under total they have. There you have it. There you have it. And let's get to our sports fan trivia question. This man has won the Daytona 500 more than any other person, winning it seven times. Who is it, Carl? Richard Petty. Richard Petty. That is correct. And finally, before we get out of here, I'm going to make Carl give me some props here. Because news reports are coming out all over the golf world today that the open winner, Cam Smith, is jumping ship to live. Tell me I told you so. We are not worthy. I said, <laughs> I, he, he texted me that about like 8 o'clock this morning, and I just sent him the we are not worthy gift from uh, <laughs> Wayne's World. I absolutely love this whole entire live thing. I'm all over all these big news stories. But that's enough from Ross and Carl. We're back tomorrow after... The All-Star Game concludes.